This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. After two years, the COVID-19 restrictions have finally been lifted. Yet, the impact of the pandemic has changed the world forever, and this includes the world of work. Professor Tawane Kupech, Vice-Chancellor and Principal of the University of Pretoria, recently penned an opinion piece in the Sunday Times on this topic. He questioned whether the days of spending our waking hours in an office are gone. He joins me now to tell me more. Professor Cooper, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Afternoon and good afternoon to your listeners. Great to be here again. Professor Cooper, I remember when the lockdown, the really hard lockdown started, people were all, we were all working from home and there were a couple of industries that were doing really, really well. Um, IT and communications online were, seemed to be flourishing. And delivery people, people who had to get medicines to you or your food to you, and the food industry. At the time, I remember people saying, the world of work has changed as we've known it. Do you think it has? No, I think it will never be the same as it was pre-COVID, so to speak. Although when, when one says pre-COVID, one might, you know, someone must think that you are talking about post-COVID. We are still in COVID, albeit no longer a pandemic, right? More endemic, more like a very severe flu. <laughs> you know, if you are not vaccinated, it could take you out. So I think things have changed, but that does not mean also we move into the other extreme where we'll all be working from home online. Actually, now we have to find creatively and innovatively the middle space. When does it make sense and which job should be totally, if you like, online, like the ones you mentioned, which we were using, by the way, before COVID. COVID simply accelerated that process, if you like. And then which jobs should actually adopt a hybrid? I think the future is not 100% online or 100% back to the office. Is The future is hybrid. And they, it appears simple, but it isn't. Because remember, an organization has interdependencies. So some people can just completely work online or at home and not interact with other workers. And there are certain things that are best done face-to-face still, despite the technology allowing it to happen uh, online or virtually. I mean, I remember talking to you during the COVID pandemic, Professor, and we were looking at how the impact of COVID on students and on student life and how the different universities were, you know, helping students and the advantages um, that, that students faced in terms of, um, costs, costs in terms of accommodation and versus the disadvantages, obviously. Where has your university found itself now? So now, well, yesterday was the, the, the great announcement by the minister that we can get rid of masks and all of that. I just sent, a, I just finished a communication to my staff members and students saying, yes, masks are no longer required by law, but it will be wise in crowded rooms where the ventilation is not best or in situations where you feel it's safer to have your mask on. So, but what we've done this year basically is to have as much contact lectures as possible, given that, you know, our model, I don't remember whether I said to it that, that, uh, that time, our model always has been to have hybrid teaching and learning. Even when people are also in class, they should go online before class, Online resources will be used during class, post-class they must go. Now we're going to make it much stronger where we say a a, a course is 14 weeks, perhaps five weeks of it will be just online. 
in the other seven weeks will be actually in person or a blended version of the same. So uh, with regards to staff and academics, we had asked people to come back to work, but we've done something else as you alluded. We've started a center for the future of work. One of his first clients in doing research is myself. I've commissioned research to say which jobs in the university should now be wholly online, partially online, a hybrid thereof. And I was interviewed by the research team two weeks ago about the model. So we want actually to produce a new model of working, new HR policies, guidelines, and regulations. And I'm pleased to say some top companies have also approached us to do the same research. DRD Gold, Anglo-American is going to work with us. ESCOM called me the other day. I'll need to raise the issue of uh, load shedding first <laughs> before we talk about the future of work <laughs> and so on and so forth. So we're really excited that COVID and we must say, because now we like explaining everything in terms of COVID. Even before COVID, technology was accelerating changes in the nature in which we work. And you outlined it very nicely at the beginning of the interview. Online deliveries, online ordering, online commerce, all of that was happening. But how can we do it now at scale, improve work-life balance and do things better? I mean, I remember the last time we spoke, Professor, uh, as you say, some things are obvious. Things like veterinary science. You have to be in a lecture hall. You have to have access. It's real and it's immediate. And you something like an animal. You have to yeah. touch an animal. <laughs> yes, exactly. You have to feel it. You know. I mean, yeah. even medicine for a while went online, but surely nothing can replace contact. Yeah. And then on the other extreme, there are jobs that, as you say, you don't need and probably never have needed to, to be online. I suppose the difficulty is the hybrid bits, the ones that, just from personal experience, I am back in the office and have been since January full time. Mm-hmm. And I find it easier to be consistently in the office than one day in, one day out, because I'm back to my kind of pre-COVID normal, as it were. But there are many people that are in between, and I don't know if that's easier or more difficult. Yeah, no, I'm like you. I've been 100% in the office because I meet ambassadors come to see me here. I can't say come to my house. (laughs) I meet CEOs and I meet different staff members. So it's, it's better for me to be working from the office. But I can see that a professor who's teaching later today in the afternoon and does not have uh, staff consultations and no department meeting, they could work from home uh, in the morning if they have a nice study and it feels better that way. And in fact, academics actually generally work like that. They never work like a clocking at eight and leaving at five. You find some academics in their offices at 10 p.m. at night and they had to go, those with scientific experiments have to come to the lab and do the experiments on on campus. So, 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 so the hybrid is not so much a big factor there, although there might be greater leeway to work at home. Now it's the people who service, the professional administrative and service staff, the guys that clean the offices, maintain the gardens, run labs, clean lecture rooms. They can't do that remotely at the moment. They have to actually come in and do it. But to your question also, you touched on something important there. We had seen some inefficiencies and drop in quality when people are trying to navigate being in one day and not being in the other day. The problem is that you don't work alone. You don't work for yourself. You work with others. So the day you are not there, some people are looking to see you in person at your office. Then you are not there. And they don't know that you are not there. And that is why I've commissioned this research to say it must be organized, it must be systematic, it must improve productivity and quality of work, and it must improve people's better life-work balance. So you might find that we'll have different guidelines and practices for different work areas. But the bottom line is 
they must prepare a service delivery, they must hire quality work and the support that is necessary should be there. And people should also be able to share in person ideas, brainstorm, negotiative, you know, retreats and strategic planning missions, preferably we will say in the HUP in person. Just on a personal level, I'm pleased to be back in the office because it, it does denote work. Although I really did enjoy the flexibility of being at home and you know quickly making lunch in between meetings, but the day went longer. Um, so mm. there are definite advantages. Is there resistance by people to come back to the office? And is that resistance justified? Well, yeah, no, no. I haven't seen any disciplinary files come my way for people resisting, but <laughs> just putting this as some people were not happy. But once they understood that we want to be a progressive employer, that we don't want to simply, if you like, normalize an emergency situation that happened during COVID and then run the risk of things falling between the cracks and productivity going down and quality going down. People have understood that. But there are some people and a few people have resigned. The great resignation, few people, not large masses. This is not Europe or any place like places like that. Some people have resigned because they love the flexibility so much or even had left town and gone to, to work remotely from Cape Town or from their holiday home in Nice now or something. So those people might have left, but not really, nothing negligible. People are very eager to see what will come out of this research from the Center for the Future of Work. Fuel prices are growing up. So if you can go only three days a week instead of the whole five, you will save on fuel. The environmental impact of people driving up and down all of the time is huge and we're not taking the, the climate emergency and climate crisis seriously. So, and then also like the things that you mentioned, some people are looking after people at home. They could, it would be neater if they could do that from home. But of course there are disadvantages as well. We're South Africa with load shedding, person can't work. At the university of generators for everyone. Let's talk a little bit about your center for future of work. Are you looking at transdisciplinary research to advance um, knowledge and field of the future work? Are we seeing new or different kinds of jobs that have come up because of COVID? Yeah, not necessarily because of COVID, I would say because of digital technologies and so on. So for example, we now have four new employees at the University of Pretoria. Two of them were employed pre-COVID, two during COVID. The first one was Libby, who works in the library, and she does the common queries from staff and students. So if you walk into the library, you will meet Libby, and you can say to Libby, I would like to do a to get books or material on the history of uh, FM radio stations in South Africa. Libby will tell you where to find the books, the general articles and all of that. Works through artificial intelligence and machine learning. And if you tell her your name, she might greet you back in your own name and all of that. That's what. So, and we've liberated people who used to do such routine, dull work to do higher level jobs like programming Libby and making it become much more, much more, more efficient and more more human, like if you like. Then we have Stevie, named after Steve Biko. Uh, Stevie works at uh, our Steve Biko Academic Hospital. Stevie is a robot that will connect doctors in South Africa and doctors in Germany by a patient's bedside and can carry on their screen all of the test results and the doctors can by the patient's side say, well, what do you see that? that is elevated or whatever the doctors say, you know, blood pressure is up, that seems distorted and, and actually come to a conclusion. So Stevie is actually a connector, a joiner, and also brings expertise in South Africa who would not otherwise have and expertise to our German counterparts. Then the third one is Smart Wolf. It's a dog, actually. It's a robotic dog. Now, Smart Wolf does a lot of very interesting things. You can unleash Smart Wolf into a, your garden. 
and they can take pictures using drones and other equipment about the health of your plants and also the number of plants and if it's a, a fruit plant count the number of you know avocados and all of that smart roof can also walk on a road and actually tell you that portals are developing here the size of the portals where they are on a railway line and all of that and we've done that in, in farms in Limpopo and so on. So SmartRoof carries a lot of equipment on his back, artificial intelligence driven, drones, cameras, and all of that. And then lastly, we have Scooby. You refer to mental health. Scooby is an online application that will talk to a student who has mental health issues and advise the student whether they actually need to see a human counselor or where they can get resources. So not necessarily new jobs, but jobs done differently by a machine who can do it much more efficiently. So for example, when the parliament was banning, we could have sent smart roof into parliament to tell the firefighters where it was banning most and where it was dangerous. If smart roof was banned, there's no human loss of life. But the picture smart roof could collect from the site could have led fire engineers to actually deal with certain fires before the whole parliament went down or multiple kinds of fear. Uses, but then also to new jobs, you know, data analysts, people who program such machines, people who work with AI and machine learning. Those are all new emerging jobs that were not there in the future that are enabled by the digital technologies, if you like. Yeah. I mean, that is absolutely incredible. So you have, in a way, mapped out the future and it's technological and it's to all of our yeah. benefit. I can't believe our time is up. It has just gone so, so quickly. Thank you, Professor Kufe. Um, I look forward to talking to you again in a couple of months, maybe, or when you start getting your research out on yeah. where we go. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, dear listeners. <laughs> That was Professor Tuane Cooper from the University of Pretoria, and he was talking about the Centre for the Future of Work that they have just set up. And wow, the future is exciting, certainly at UP it is.